May we bow our heads for prayer. Father, we come right now. We do welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, fill this tabernacle with your presence, Father Lord, that we may hear our word from heaven, O God. Lord, we are desperate to hear our word from you right now. Lord, I pray, Father, let it be all of you and none of me as your speaker. Lord, I must decrease so that you can increase. And, Lord, we pray that our hearts will be open. Speak now, Lord, for your servants are listening with power and with purpose, Father Lord, we will obey. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you can join me turning your, our Bibles to the letter to the church of Ephesus, to the third chapter, Ephesians, the third chapter. On this morning, as this is the fourth Sunday, we, along with about maybe 11 other churches, are looking at this third chapter of Ephesians. As we look at this chapter, we are trying to draw closer to the face of our God and in this community. I would like to lift verses 14 uh, in your ears. If you have it, say, I have it. If you're not there, say, hold on. I will hold on as we get there because I certainly want us to journey together. As we're into the third chapter of this letter of Ephesians, which Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, to these saints, which was a joy for him to write. And because of that joy, it was a joy for him to be in prayer. If you're not there, say, hold on. If you're there, say, let's go. Let's go. Reading from New International Version says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Again, it says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. If you can announce, help me announce this to your neighbor, tell them, for this reason. If you look to your neighbor that you did not talk to, look to your left, look to your right, whichever side you didn't look to last, tell them, for this reason. This is not a new a statement. It's not a new phrase. We use this all the time. How come you were late? Well, the reason was. How come you didn't turn your homework in on time? Well, the reason was. How, how was it you forgot my birthday? Well, the reason was. We always have a reason for doing something. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong, but we always have a reason. Paul is saying, for this reason, I fall on my knees. And he was specific that the reason why I fall on my knees, why I fall on my knees, and who I fall on my knees facing. I fall on my knees before the Father. But before I get to that, I want us to look, what's the reason you get on your knees? There's a many of reasons why we get on our knees. If you watch sports, you see a player score a touchdown playing football, they get on their knees. Sometimes you see them do the crucifix as, as if they maybe I don't know, but as if they may be thanking God that they was able to run that touchdown. Sometimes you see people fall on their knees in celebra celebration with their hands up. 
just excited, exuberant that they won a game. Might have saw that those who won the World Series, people got on their knees just waving their hands. You, you see people get on their knees when they are proposing to somebody in marriage. We people get on their knees when they're begging for forgiveness. A lot of people have a reason for getting on their knees. But my question is that when you see Paul getting on his knees, do you understand the reason? See, Paul gets on his knees, not for himself, but for the saints. Many times we get on our knees is on our behalf. I get on my knees because I want you to forgive me. I get on my knees because I want you to marry me. I get on my knees because I scored a touchdown. I get on my knees because I won something. But Paul says, I get on my knees for the saints. Here, the Bible points out, Specifically, Paul gets on his knees in prayer. The Bible specifically points out many times when somebody is in prayer that you barely see them on their knees. You see them either standing, you see them prostrate with their face between their knees or their face on the ground. But I guarantee you don't see them sitting. It's going to let that sit for a while. We oftentimes, because of our leisure and our society, we can sit in prayer because it's easy. But Paul says, I I could be at my leisure, but no, I humble myself and bend my knees before the Father. Now, some of us may not be able to get on our knees uh, physically to kneel down because of the ailments. And we, we, some of us, we do get down. We might not get back up. But Paul is pointing out that though I may be here physically, but he's encouraged us spiritually to bend our knees. Spiritually, you need to bend your knees before the Father. That you need to humble yourself before him when you're before him. See, Paul is pointing out that I am a prisoner. If you look at third chapter, verse 1, I am a prisoner. Then he goes on to say that, 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 that don't worry about me because I'm suffering. I'm suffering for your glory. And because I'm suffering for this reason, I bow. You see, Paul could say, oh, woe is me. Look at the calamity that I'm in. I'm locked up. Uh, I've been beaten. I've been chastised. I've been shipwrecked. Just look at me. But no, Paul just simply says, don't worry about me. I've been for you. We get excited when we sing that hymn, somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Glad they took the time to pray for me. But yet, can somebody sing that song about you? That you took the time to pray for them. That you took the time to bend your knees. You took the time to forget about yourself and lift up somebody else. See, Paul does not stop giving thanks since he hears the good news about the saints. And and because of that, he has a specific prayer for them, that they will have a prayer of revelation. Verse 17 of chapter 1 says that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Then he goes on and says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And then he digress. 
stresses and starts talking about some other things about how we're one in him and, and how we can how we are unified and how we are living stones and, and how Jesus is resurrected and he's supreme and we are co-heirs with him and how we've been given the gifts from God from power on heaven able to do some amazing and immaculate things that he predestined for us why did he predestine for us well he said because we are his workmanship created to do good works that he already predestined that he already purposed for us if I can highlight that before I go any further it simply means that he's already made your success so all you gotta do is just walk in tell your neighbor go ahead and walk in go ahead and tell you go ahead and walk in because sometimes sometimes we get caught up with our success but forget that God made you for his success God made you for his glory, not your glory. He made you to do some awesome and amazing things. And so if I can be like Paul for a moment, I just get excited about that. So for this read, I bend my knees. Just think about the goodness of our Lord and what he's done for you. That we should get excited about when somebody's success and not get become jealous, become envious. But, but, but we got to watch out because sometimes we get mad because somebody's going to get something that you're not going to have. You see, the problem is, I don't know why God got me, but that's not where I was supposed to be going. But the problem is that we get caught up with people being blessed because we want to receive what they're having. But can I help you out for a moment that when somebody is being blessed, it costs somebody else. And that's why the Bible simply tells us that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because so look, just as God blessed the one who's being blessed, he will also bless the blesser. But see, 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 we want our stuff now. We're not waiting. See, see, so, so check this out. Pastor Price comes up to me and says, Sam, I, 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 I need $10. Well, I said, well, let me be a blesser. So now he received a blessing. I'm lost $10. But he received a blessing. But yet my Bible reminds me it's more blessed is to give than it is to receive. So now that I'm giving him $10, I say, I'm better blessed than you now. Because I understand the priority. See, the world will say, nah, that's a fool going to just give up $10. He didn't ask him, what for? My son is going to be a blessing. Just give him the $10. And watch out. You might be walking down the street. Somebody might just give you a ride home on a rainy day. Come on, somebody. Y'all thought somebody was going to say some more money. You see, so blessing don't have to come monetarily. See, somebody might just be a help in a time of trouble because you just got blessed. So Paul is saying, I, I want you to be enriched in the blessings of God. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. He's pointing out, it's my joy to pray for you. Again, and, and after verse 1, he digresses and starts talking about how God can do all these great things, this great mystery that's developing, and how the manifold of his wisdom will be shown upon you, and, and how you can, you can be uh, uh, encouraged through his sufferings. But then he gets back to the heart of his prayer. He says, for this reason I bend my knees. Look at the reason why he bends his knees. He bends his knees in impassionate and struggling in prayer so that the saints of Ephesus, so that we might know. 
the power of God. Look, look, look how he's praying. Paul is a prisoner, highlighting his status physically and spiritually. That he is in bonds. He is in bond servant to God. Can I highlight this for you as a bond servant? If you go back into ancient times and, and when a servant was set free, if he wanted to stay with his master, he would bind his earlobe to the door and become a bond servant by choice. He would pierce his ear with a nail to the door and become a bond servant. means he willfully, he willfully subjects himself to his master. Even though he has freedom, he'd rather be with his master. Do you understand? Paul says, though, though I have freedom, but I willfully subject myself to the master. I, Paul, a, a prisoner or a bond servant, a, a, he's so on in that I am in prison. I've given myself over to you. We, as, as, as calling us as Christians, we have so much liberty, we think we're free. But if he is your master, you should be a slave. You should be in bonds. You should be indigenous to him. And so Paul's pointing out, in my suffering physically, but in my suffering spiritually, because I'm suffering for your sake, I counted joy. And that's the reason I bend my knees. May I ask, why do you bend your knees? Do you bend your knees just to get more money? Do you bend your knees just to have better health? Do you bend your knees just to get a better job? Do you bend your knees just to make the basketball team? Do you bend your knees just so you can win the lottery? Come on, somebody. But yet, Paul said, I do not bend my knees for me, but I bend my knees so that you might know. What does he say? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. He prays that you might know him. How? Inwardly. So that Christ might dwell in your heart. Because if Christ dwells in your heart, then he could be rooted in your heart. Because when he's rooted in your heart, then you become grounded in love. And when you become grounded in love, then you know what love is. And when you know what love is, you no longer are shaken in fear. Because perfect love casts out all fear. (laughs) When you are grounded in love, you're no longer scared what the world can bring against you. Because you can be reminded that God is love. And with God for me, who can be against me when you're grounded in love you know what love is so when somebody tells you you ain't no good you can't get this you can't have this you're reminded that my God is love and how much does he love me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth shall not perish but have what everlasting life. So you can just go on let's look somebody in the face just let her know that's alright. My God has given me everything that I need. So you see how, how deep that love grows. And then as he's praying for this love, look, look, may, that we may have power together. Tell your neighbor together. Tell your neighbor again together. You see, too many times we try to do stuff by ourselves again. 
Paul is not praying for you individually to have power, but you have power to what? Together. Oh, it's an amazing thing when the church comes together. It, it, it's an amazing thing when we tear down the barriers that have so long divided us. We, we have allowed people's ethic. Their ethical beliefs, their cultural beliefs to block us. I don't like their music, so I can't worship with them. My Bible simply says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You, you tell somebody, it don't take all that. Oh, shout on to heaven. You, you get all upset. They don't need all those instruments. It says, lift up the lid. Lift up the horns, lift up your hands, lift up your voice. You see, the Bible already opens it up for us to bring instruments into the tabernacle. The Bible has already told you, you ought to bring your praise. Uh, can I take a time out? Ask your neighbor, did you bring your praise? Ask your neighbor, did you bring your praise? Because if you brought your praise and I brought my praise, oh, come and magnify the Lord together with me. Do I have a witness up in here that we know that we know that our God is supreme and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us unto glad. So when we grasp it together, it's amazing how things start changing. How when we start grasping things together, because of that great depthness of his love is rooted in us. And it catch again, it says to dwell among us. Do you understand? So Revelation 3, 20, talking about how he's knocking at the door. He's basically pointing out that Jesus seeks to dwell with us. He wants to be in us. We just need to go back earlier in Ephesians. He says that he wants us to be a temple that he may dwell and he wants us to be a tabernacle for him to dwell. And we, we sing the song, dwell among us. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. If we didn't want to be in the presence of the Lord, you wouldn't be here. But you are here because you know there's something that the world can't give you. There's something that the world is lacking. And the only way you can fill yourself up is being in his presence. How do I know that? Well, let's look what Paul said. He said, may have power together with all saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that what surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Did I not just say that the world has you lacking? The world has you empty. The world wants you to give you looking for something in the world to fill you up. But only God. Only God. Only God can fill you up. And unlike the world, God can fill you up to the brim. Malachi said, I'll pour you out a blessing. 
You won't have room for. Jesus said, press down and shaking over and overflowing. He nursed my head with all my cup runneth over. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Tell your neighbor, aren't you glad that your God is rich and able to richly bless you? How can he bless me? He can bless me beyond what I can ask, think. Or even imagine. How can my God do this? Because he is able. I'm so glad you know unable God. So when we think about this for a moment, just look at every morning you wake up, what's the reason you get out your bed? Do you get out your bed because he loves you? Do you get out your bed because of his grace and mercy? Is <laughs> a reason because he hung, he hung his head and died. Is a reason because somebody prayed for you. Is a reason because he got up from the grave. There should be a reason why every day you get up out of your bed. But sometimes we get up only for the reason just to live for the weekend. Living for the paycheck. Living for that party that's coming up. Living for your birthday. Looking for your anniversary. But sometimes, uh, every now and then, you ought to think about you would not have a birthday. You would not have an anniversary. You would not have a payday if it were not for the Lord. So instead of thinking every day, every day is another day for you, you should think every day is another day for me to give God my best. And for this reason, I bend my knees before the Lord. I thank the Lord for what he's done for me. And when I think about how good God is to me, I start praying for my brothers and sisters. Because I realize I need them and they need me. I realize that Christ is the head and I am the body. And I'm just a part of the body. I need my left hand. I need my right hand. Together, we can clap our hands. <laughs> Together, we can open up our hands. Together, we can wave our hands. I need my hands. I need my right foot as I need my left foot. Together, I can walk in my blessing. Together, I can run and not grow weary. Together, I can walk and not faint. I need my feet. Guess what? I need my knees. Because on my knees, I can fall down and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm in need of redemption. Lord, I fall down before you. I can bend my knees. And I need my face so I can plant my face on the ground. And say, Lord, I'm not worthy to see your face. Lord, I'm not worthy to see tomorrow. But I'm so glad. Good God from Zion, that in spite of all of me, I can boldly go to my Father for this reason. The reason is uh, that He died. The old folks used to say, Didn't He die? <laughs> Did 
didn't he die way back on Calvary? I'm so glad that he died so I can bend my knees and no longer have a bow down head, but I can lift up my head and see the glory of the Lord. Isaiah said, I seen him high and lifted up. Revelation says, I see him up on the mountain. I hear him singing, glory, glory, Lord God Almighty. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Good God from Zion. I'm trying to leave you alone, but on your way home, you ought to tell somebody the reason why I bend my knees, the reason why I wave my hands, the reason why I say hallelujah, the reason why, the reason why is he died for me? Didn't he die way back on Calvary? But he didn't stay in the grave, but he got up with a power in his hands. Aren't you glad he's seated at the right hand of the Father? And since he's seated at the right hand of the Father, don't you know we're seated with him? We're seated with him. We're seated with him. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But I'm glad I know an able God. A God who is able to do above and beyond what I can ask or think. A God that is able to keep me from falling. A God that is able to save me out of fiery furnace. A God that is able to save me out of lion's den. A God that is able, once I was seeking foreign sin, heard from my desperate cry from the peaceful soul, and he saved me. He saved me. Did he save you? I'm so glad. For this reason, I bend my knees because my God is able to do above and be at what I can ask or think. I just want you to grasp how wide his love is, how wide it is. You can stand and watch the horizon to watch the sun rise, but do you know just as much as in front of you is just as much as behind you? He separates our sins as far as the east is from the west. Oh, tell somebody, how wide is his love? How deep? Psalmist said, if I go to the grave, you are there. If I go to the depths of the sea, you are there. Tell your neighbor, how deep? No matter how deep you were in sin, whoo, he was able to reach and pull you out. Then come on somebody. Ha ha. Oh come on somebody. Ha ha. My God is high and lifted up. He's high above the heaven. He's high above the heaven. He's high above the heaven. Above the sun, above the stars, beyond the galaxy. He's high above. But he looks low. But he looks low. To see about our need. To see about our problem. But he's still high. Tell somebody, how high? 
Though I may be forever, ever, and never goodbye. How high He's above the sun that we won't need the sun forever in glory. How high we won't need no stars because we'll be numbers and more than the stars. How high so high that when He comes back the trumpet will shout. He'll be on a cloud and the twinkling in the eye will all be changed. How high? High enough that you can see Him. High enough that you'll be changed. High enough that you'll be going on. So for this reason, Tell your neighbor, for this reason, Woo. Glory be to God. Uh, may, we, may we stand. We open up the doors to the church. Is there someone here that does not know the reason? We invite you right now for this reason. That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Woke, rose from the grave on the third day. And is seated at the right hand of the Father forevermore. For this reason, there's someone here today.